0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lipley. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. If God was in control, then tell me how he's in control of 60 million abortions a year. Tell me how he's in control of legalized gay marriage in the United States, a man dressing up like a woman and a woman dressing up like a man and calling themselves the sex they are not. Tell me how he's in control of the proliferation of vaccine passports throughout the globe. Tell me how he's in control of the Democratic Party and Joe Biden as they proliferate abortions throughout the globe. They were so eager to get abortions going that in the state of Texas, they had a moratorium for They had an injunction actually against the I don't know how they did it, but they went to the right federal court that overrode the Supreme Court really and they legalized abortions again for a very brief period of time because in Texas you can't get an abortion past six weeks, past the fetal heartbeat. Well they actually went in, somehow found some demonic federal judge to put an injunction on that order until Ken Paxton, the awesome attorney general for the state of Texas, went to the next court and beat that court. But even in the midst of that, the abortion clinics rushed to open up again and get as many abortions in as they possibly could get of people over the age of six weeks. Yes, people. Yes, people. Yes, people over the age of six weeks inside the womb. That's how demonic these people are. And yet Christians will spout out, thank God, God is in control. He's not in control. Folks, listen to this. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 and 2 says this, and you were made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Listen to the first part in which you once walked according to the course, the course of the world. Who runs the course of the world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience? If you are a Christian that spouts off in all scenarios that God is in control, you are wrong. If you implement the word of God, that is God's control. If you don't, then he's not. If you decide to implement the word of God, you speak the word of God into a situation there, you've now activated the sword of the spirit. Now God is in control. If you don't do that, he's not in control. It really is as simple as that. If God was in control of everything, then why is ask all over the Bible? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Why is that in there? If God's in control. Yet you have not because you ask not. Well, there you have it. Then how's God in control? It's amazing to me how Christians will spout out heresy with such ease. I just thank God that in the midst of that, in the midst of the proliferation of vaccine, pa- I mean, er, Mark of the Beast, er, vaccine passports all over the globe that God is in control. That's what the pastors are preaching this morning that have now reactivated the Ark Church message of at the movies. That's what they're preaching. The ones that were closed for eight or nine months. That's what they're preaching this morning. God is in control. No, he's not. Not unless you implement the word of God. Stay with me now. I know it's a small building. Everyone walks in, walks out. Love you guys. Stay with me. Here's Jerry, everybody. Jerry. Jerry Carruthers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> God is not in control of the world. Listen to this, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. I know some of you are scared day amend that. You know why you're scared day amen it? Because you haven't read the Bible. Man, what kind of buzzsaw did I walk into this morning? This is, listen, this is a Bible church. Some of you, when you decide to gauge churches, you go in and you go, how is this going to fit with me? That's not what you do. You simply go, God, is this where you would have me stay? Even if you hate it, if God says yes, then you stay right there. Well, you know, there's no opening on the worship team right now. Uh, there's no opening. Well, that's not your decision. Maybe there's a reason why there's not an opening on the worship team for you. Whoops. Or any other ministry you want to name. Well, you know, there's nowhere for me to preach right now. That's probably on purpose. God has got you corralled until you decide to grow up and stop being a 12-year-old girl. This is a real church now. I know it's shocking. It's shocking for people to walk in here. Some of you have been here. I I have people come up to me at the door now and they tell me how many weeks they've been here. Or how long their friends have been here. Hey, they've made it three weeks. How they've made it four weeks. Congratulations. You make it more than one. You are on the upper echelon of all Christianity. Because Christians, alleged Christians, I call them church goers, don't even know what's in the Bible. They're worshiping a Jesus of their own creation. They think, they think that Jesus is a tie-dye-wearing bongo player at the drum circle in the Beach at, sun dry, at sunset today. A- accommodates everything, tolerates everything, pretends like sin doesn't happen, and all in the name of love. Well, I, you know, I don't really confront people about their sin anymore. I've really grown in grace. No, what you've grown in is demonic spirits. You got bored, so you had to find something to grow in, and what you were supposed to do was study the word. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what you are supposed to do. But instead, you listen to Chris Tomlin CDs. I love Chris Tomlin. I'm just saying it's not a substitute for the word. I just worship. You know, that's what I do. I worship. That's not, that's not, that's not the Bible. I love worship. I'm a worshiping guy. God is not in control of the world. The reason why Christians believe that is because they've never read the Bible. Well, we've read it, but no, you really, do you know it? And the more I read about it, the the more I read the Bible, the more I discover how ignorant I am. And sadly, I'm probably in the upper echelon of biblical knowledge. Sadly. God is not in control of the world. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast down to where? to the earth this is where he dwells and then you hear christians spout off romans chapter 13 do well you know we locked up our church because you know we were obeying our ruling authorities well, why is it that you spend your church's money sending it over to china to the underground church violating their ruling authorities how does that work thou hypocrite First, cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Matthew seven five. Explain that to me. Here's the thing: your ruling authority. What? What? If you ever read it, and nobody does, they just spout it off. They don't go read it. Well, this is what Pastor Lukewarm told me. Yes, this is what you say, Pastor COVID R Caver. This is what he told me. So it must be true. You know, we're all, we're loving in here at this church. We're a loving church. So, you know, we decided that, you know, all the local restaurants closed and we're the house of the living God. So we closed too. We closed down just like the donut shop to show them what a community partner and good neighbor and loving people we are. They have no clue what the Bible says at all. Not one clue. God is not in control of the world. The devil was cast down to the earth the devil runs well if you're talking about obeying ruling authorities what is, it, what, is, what is the Bible actually talking about? it's talking about people like Ron DeSantis yes, yes. you're like well that's just because you're a Republican I don't care I'm just saying who's ever a good leader right. in the past there's been a few good democratic governors until they all went ape wad nuts to the left <laughs> you're like Tom you shouldn't be preaching that stuff long gone don't care yeah. don't care Say whatever I want, whenever I want. Don't care what anybody thinks, just so you know. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care if I get banned. Don't care about any of that stuff. God will make a way. But anyway, when, when you're talking about Romans chapter 13, that, that the cowards used to close, that's all that it was, in, in direct hypocrisy of them sending money overseas to underground churches that are violating their ruling authorities. What that ruling authority is, reasonable authority. That's all that it's talking about, reasonable governments, not tyranny. It's not talking about tyranny. Jesus would have violated Romans 13 then. Did Jesus cooperate with the ruling authorities? Did the apostles? Who should we obey, man or God? Oh, right. Acts chapter 4, Who Peter and John, what should, who should we obey, man or God? You will no longer preach the gospel. They violated their ruling authorities, did they not? And then Christians stand on that to close their churches? It's talking about how, I mean, grow some logic. It's not talking about tyranny. If, okay, so let me ask you this. You basically have the Democratic Party that worships at the altar of Moloch, yes. sacrificing babies before them. So if they say to you, you shall give your firstborn, that's the ruling authority you're going to go? You wouldn't obey that? Well, there's, the, oh, you're a then you're a sinner. That's what they were all calling me for keeping my church open. No, what I did was, you know what? What do you have here? Oh, you have a virus. So what do you do with it? 99.9% survivable. So who really gives a crap? But here we go. What should you do? Find it. That's what you do. It's really simple. That's the word of God. Well, I believe that, but you got to use wisdom. That's heresy. I believe that, but my past experience was, that's heresy. How many of you do that? Well, I've tried that. It didn't work. Heresy. God doesn't need our interpretation of the word. God doesn't need our additional ingredients into the word. You ever read the book of Revelation about adding and subtracting to the word of God? You ought not to do that. You ought not to poke the bear of Yahweh. I try not to poke that bear. I want to tell you this morning that the gospel is a gospel of action. Because listen, God is not in control of the world. You and I are in control of whatever we want to be in control of. There's a few little things. If you go into Acts chapter 1, verse 7, times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. That's namely Matthew 24, 36. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Those are the times and seasons which the Father has put <clears throat> in his own authority. There are times where God says, you know what? You're going to be single for a while. And Christians break it all the time. Amen. If you would just stay single for daggum a month. And give the Holy Spirit a second to speak into your life. Instead of falling in love again. With the same idiot you fall in love with every single time. To so bring him to me. Just bring him to me. It will only take a minute. Bring him right to me. I will tell you whether you're supposed to date him or not. Bring him to me. Nobody ever does. Ram! It's because you don't want to know because he's just too cute. You <laughs> ought to know. The gospel is a gospel of action. Most Christians wait around their whole life for a revival that'll never happen. It's going to happen here in the state of Florida. You know, flames going to arise from the north to the south. I've heard that proclaimed the entire time I've lived here since 1987, since I've been saved. I lived here since 1980. I got saved in 87. I've heard all the Christians, oh, the time is going to come. No, it's not. Not if you don't do something. If you look at, you look at Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, and Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he's given you all authority. You're going to have to move. If you want something, the Word of God, the entire precipice of the Word of God is seed. If you don't plant seed, you're getting nothing. If the reason why you're broke is you plant, plant no financial seed, you don't give, oh, there's a pastor after my money. How am I after your money? We don't even take an offering. How am I after your money? I see the facial expressions. What are you so scared? What, what are you so scared that I'm talking to you about money? What, what are you so scared about? I drive a Kia. Because my son took my Ford truck, I don't see it anymore. The F two hundred and fifty's gone. It's gone. You're worried about me stealing your money? I don't drive a Kia because I'm trying to stay humble. As soon as I, whatever I can, buy. Maybe my truck was worth seventy grand when I got it. I'm not afraid. I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. You worried about? Oh, is Tom a millionaire? Not well. I am actually a millionaire in the bank. I've got over a million dollars for my retirement. I do. I gave it to Jeff Tomas. Jeff I gave it to Jeff Tomas at nine hundred thousand, and uh, what is it? Three three years later, four years later, he's made it one point two something million bucks. Pretty good money. You've Got to see that financial guy he's sitting. No, he's not in here. Jeff's Jeff's the guy who does the uh, announcements. So I don't care. God, had, listen. Everything you lay your hands to is supposed to prosper. Amen. Psalm chapter one, verse three. If you're not prospering, it's because you're not sowing seed. Well, that's what they say on, you know, those corrupt uh, Christian television. Well, they might be corrupt, but it doesn't change the word of God. If you're wondering why you're broke, it's because you don't sow seed. You're going out into an apple orchard where there was no trees ever planted and going, where are the apples? (laughs) Well, where are they? You planted no seed. Why are we only stupid inside the church? Do you ever think about it? Why are we only dumb inside the church? Why is it that we only, the only, I'm only, what I mean by that is this, you guys are smart everywhere else. You don't go to your boss and say, where's my paycheck when you didn't work, but you go to God and you go, where is my harvest when you planted no seed? Right. Why am I not prospering? Because you give nothing. Only 30 to 40% of this church tithes and we're high, way higher than the average. We would have millions and millions of dollars in the bank right now, instead of hundreds of thousands. If everybody in this church, everybody right here in this room gave like they should. Why don't you? Look, come on, come on, why don't you? I'm looking at you, why don't you? Why don't you? You know, pastor's after my money, but just get us audited, see how much money I take. I make less here than I did at the sheriff's office. Most pastors, our church runs about 500 people a Sunday. Most pastors making six figures for a 500-member church. And they should. I don't. And my wife's all over me. You need to to get paid. You need to. uh, She doesn't care. She has to pry me out of it. We had to negotiate my last one. She had this number. I'm like, I'll take this number. Don't worry. It's all run by an accountability board. Those of you who are scared to death. Oh, here's running wild. If you you were part of some corrupt church in the past, let it go. Let it go. It doesn't matter if you planted seed. If you planted it in Jesus' name, even if a pastor used it to fly to the Bahamas, it's still seed in the eyes of God for you. It doesn't matter. I'm not endorsing corruption. You can can get me audited anytime you want. We are the cleanest church on the planet. That's the truth. Cleanest church on the planet is right here. There might be some others tied, but we're right here. Cleanest on the planet. If you don't have money, it's because you don't sow financial seed. If you don't have friends, it's because you're not friendly. I just can't seem to make connections at the church. It's because you don't show up to anything. You don't plant any seed. I said this in the first service. People who give the least always expect the most. The people are always calling me, can you have a, can Pastor Tom travel out to Tampa to pray for my Aunt Susie who hates him and me? No. (laughs) I just really want her to be prayed over. I mean, she hates Pastor Tom and she hates me personally, but I would love for Tom to drive three hours and go pray over her. No. (laughs) And I look at the person's, here's the thing, you think I'm just talking about money. You want me to attend, what seed, do you have to, what seed do you have to put in the ground? If you want me to attend, what seed do you have to put in the ground? Attendance. It's all that matters to pastors, by the way. You think I'm after your money, I'm after your attendance. God will get all over you about your money. I'll speak to you about it every now and then. That's what pastors really care about. People want me to attend and they don't attend. You can go pound sand. And I mean, pound it hard. <laughs> go ahead. Pound it. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing what you want. You're like, Tom, you're the meanest pastor I've ever seen. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm. It's not pastor. Good body right here. Pastor soft pedal, pastor lukewarm, pastor, kiss your rear end. Not going to happen. It's the worst thing in the world. I can do for you. is if you're one of those traveling apostles floats from church to church I'm here to spread my message yeah you know what no I are gonna say something really bad but I'm not gonna do it trying to limit my cabooses for the week but you'll be spoken to the way that you need to be spoken to here sometimes as sweet as can be and a lot of you run to hope for the sweetness you run to the wrong source you want somebody sweet you got to come to me I avoid, people avoid me like the plague and go to hope. I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> and you're way better off with me. <laughs> See? You're way better off with me than Heather. true. <laughs> See? <laughs> the gospel is a gospel of action. Jesus took action. Now it's your turn. He took all the action he's going to take. The only action he's got left is he's coming back. The covenant of the lamb is already done. The action of the lamb is done. He's coming back as a lion. Lamb's done already. Anybody can come into the covenant of the lamb, but the action of the lion is coming next. He took action. Now it's our part of the covenant to take action. Well, it sounds like a uh, gospel of works. Oh, really? Well, James chapter two, verse 24 says, uh, James chapter two, verse 18 says, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. That's James 2.18 and James 2.24. You know why? If, if it's only God, if it's only grace, then everybody on the planet saved. What it is is a covenant of grace. It's not just grace. If it's just grace, then everybody's saved. Everybody who's ever lived is saved. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in there at, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. If you want to find a false prophet, you will find a prophet who's preaching a wide gate. It's a narrow way. That's, that's Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Next verse. Beware of false prophets, see, which come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. We have to take action. If it's grace only, then everybody's saved. What did you have to do? Jesus went to the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross. Jesus was whipped. Jesus rose from the dead. What do you and I have to do? Ask. If you don't ask though, straight to hell. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I turn from my sin. That's all you have to do. He had nails, giant spikes, hammered blow by blow through his ankles put together naked and you and i have to ask but you have to do it so it's not solely god you know what it's called it's called a covenant without one hand there's no without two hands there's no covenant all you had to do is put your hand out most will never do that though The do's and the don'ts. Oh man, you know, this is not a gospel about do's and don'ts. Who lied to you and told you that? Who lied to you and told you that? I want you to name them in your mind. You know, this is not a, this is not a gospel of lists of do's and don'ts. Who told you that exactly? Because I read the Bible. Do you? Because it certainly is a whole heck of a lot of do's and don'ts in here and they're in lists. The do's and don'ts are our part of the covenant. There is absolutely no covenant without them. Without them, without the do's and don'ts, all you have are is Jesus and an unsaved person. Jesus and a bored Christian. Jesus and a lukewarm Christian. Jesus and an ineffectual Christian. Jesus and a defeated Christian. But there's certainly no covenant activity going on without the do's and the don'ts. James chapter 1 verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. It is a dangerous thing to only listen to the word. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're looking for deception. You're looking to be deceived. 2 Timothy 3 7, being one of these people, always learning do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth they're always learning and never able to comprehend because all they're doing is listening and not doing what does that mean Tom am I supposed to like make a pull together a charity foundation I have no idea why don't you do what the word of God tells you to do why don't you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 16-22 and actually do what it says Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Despise not prophesying. Quench not the spirit. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is true. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Try that. Try doing. Well, someday God's going to move. He's never moving. He's already moved. You just don't see it. You're sitting there. You're not even a spectator. You're not even at the stadium. You're sitting at home going, there's a a game going on. Where? Don't know. Your whole life is, listen, some of you, I know you're feeling torn down by this. This is your only hope. I am like the paddles. You ever been around them? I was a cop for 25 years. You ever been around them? Or I'm like a shot of Narcan. You get those paddles, it brings them back. That's your hope. You need to be shocked back into existence. Because some of you have sat around, you're so religious. You think religion is just the Presbyterians and the Catholics. There's a very, very well-founded, formal, Pentecostal, charismatic religion. Which is to sit around and wait for revival. And try to pray in revival. It gives you an excuse to never plant seed. You're not know, going to listen. You look at a real revivalist like Rodney Howard Brown, what does he do? I was watching the testimonies this morning. Every Sunday they testify. They send people by the hundreds into Tampa, into Ybor City, into St. Petersburg, into Clearwater, into Hillsborough County, into Pinellas County, on the streets. That's revival. Not, Lord, send revival. I see it coming. There's a flame that's going to burn in Miami. It's going to come up the east coast to Fort Lauderdale. And then it's going to go up to Jacksonville. Across. I've heard that stuff my entire Christian life. And you know how many times it happened? Goose egg. You know why? No seed. That's not the Bible. You want revival? What do you do? What do you want revival? What do you what do? You do? You agree. If you want the power of God, you go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. You agree and you gather together with those that you agree with. Otherwise, forget it. There's no, where's revival in here? It's named once in the Old Testament. And you have entire denominations based in it. We've been praying for revival for 37 years. Yeah, no wonder. Why don't you implement the word and do something? There's a list of do's and don'ts in the Bible. It doesn't say, God, pour out your spirit. (gasps) How dare you say that, Tom? Why didn't Paul pray it? Tell me, why didn't Paul pray it? He's too busy doing. Instead of sitting at home, Lord, just pour out your spirit on us today. That was a great service. I had the tingles. And then you don't win a soul. You got the tingles 37 years ago. You haven't won a soul since. I know you're like, what did I walk into? It's your only, listen, this is your hope. You can go back. Listen, if you want to go get under the anesthetizing power of the Ark church, they'll stick that mask back over your face. That, well, I was just talking about the mask that puts you to sleep, but you know, it's all symbolic. Because they all wear masks too with their church name on them. Church fam. Their own crucifix, sign of the crucifix now in the modern church. <laughs> you can go back there and be put to sleep and to- be told, yeah, you're really producing. Where? I want to know. You're going to be known by your fruit. So where is it? See, I'll, I'll, I'll hold you accountable for that. Where's your fruit? Because I look at you differently than you look at you. You hear me say that often in this church. I do. I look at you and I see power. You guys are looking, a lot of you look at yourself and you see church attender. And yes, we're supposed to gather together. That's a commandment of the word of God, for sure. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But I see you as a power, power pack. And most, most everybody that gets saved in the evangelical movement in America and worldwide never does a thing with it. And that's why the worldwide church closed. And stop making excuses for them. Listen, I want them all back. I hope they all turn. But stop making excuses. Well, you know, the reason why they did it was this. No, there's no excuse. It's turning your back on the word of God. It's as simple as that. You preach anything else, it's heresy. James chapter 2, 17 and 18. Faith by itself, but it's not accompanied by action is dead. I will show you my faith by what I do. If you want to kill off your walk with God, take no action. You, you know what will happen is your heart, which is inherently a follower... Your heart will go after its own treasure. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart follows what you treasure. It's not, well, my heart does this and then I follow it. No, no, no. It's what you with your actions treasure, your heart goes to. Most everybody, sadly, in this room and watching, treasures social media. Your heart's there. Spend their whole day. That's what they do. And your heart follows you there. There's no Bible. It becomes sort of in a church Christian amalgamation of heresy. Okay, someone pray for me. How do you want us to pray? Just that the Lord's will would be done. That's heresy. Oh, wait, Tom. Isn't that out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13? The Lord's prayer? No. Thy will be done on earth as it is in... Correct. So that's how you have to pray. Not Well, just whatever, whatever the Lord wants to do. You just preached heresy and lies. It's not, that's not the prayer, but it's easy though, because then there's no expectations and there's no way that you'll look stupid. You know, just be like me and don't care. Honestly, when I pray, I expect it to happen. Thomas, it always happened. No. And you know why? There's unbelief in the camp. That's the Bible. Whether you like that or not, well, you know, that's really wrong. You're accusing my grandma then of unbelief. That's correct. Bring your grandma to me, I'll accuse her to her face. Seriously, I will. People don't think I will, I will. If you want to be rejected from the covenant, always learn and never apply. If you want to be deceived, take no action. Let's look at this one. If you want to be rejected from the covenant, always learn and never apply. Where do you get that from? Second Timothy chapter three, seven through nine. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not, it doesn't end there. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. We have to take action. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Don't merely listen. Do you see how dangerous that is? James chapter 1 verse 22. Don't just listen week after week after week and never pray, never fast, never study, never take action, never enter into ministry. Some Christians are so prideful that the only way they'll enter ministry if it's on a stage. You're an arrogant person. You need to knock it off. I didn't start, I didn't didn't go onto a stage until I was 36 years old. And here's the thing, you know, here's an interesting story. I don't tell, I haven't told very many people. I tried to pray my way out of starting a church. If you're trying to pray your way into starting a church, you're arrogant. I didn't want to start a church. If if you're like, oh, you know what, I get to be the pastor, and I get pastor appreciation days. And someday will be so big that they'll bring the Harley down the middle of the church like they do in all the art churches. <laughs> never ever preach a message. Retire now from the ministry you never will have. If you think it's all that anyway, you've obviously never pastored a church. We have to take action. Second Peter chapter one verses three through eleven. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, all things through his divine power, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. How are? How do you get his divine power? This look. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What do you want to win at? What do you want healed? What door do you want open? What do you want prospered? His divine power is given to us all things. Reflects directly with with Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He's given us all things. How? Through the knowledge of him. Not a Chris Tomlin concert. Not a Hillsong conference. Through the knowledge of him. I love to worship one of the best, most anointed Concerts I ever went to was Chris Tomlin. Love them. I'm just telling you, that's not how, if you want to pertain, you want the things that pertain to life and godliness, to his power, his divine power, it comes through knowledge. There's lots of, listen, the four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. I believe in worship. But if you want to be a partaker of his divine power, you are going to have to know what that power is see most people if you, I'm going to see if you can get this this was a, a divine message what I would call a divine blurb given to me by the Holy Spirit most people look at the promises of God as, the, as encouragement instead of the promise being the encouragement now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph you know, that encourages me today I just, I, you know, it just encourages me I'm going to go out and have a great day and just encourage me no, what should encourage you is that it's a promise that I will win. Yes. And are you standing in it? Not just, I'm, I'm, I'm buffeted by it. I'm encouraged. I feel good. I feel better now. It's not what it's about. You're supposed to stand in the promise. You should be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Risk it. Nobody wants to take any chances. You pray over somebody who has cancer, cancer gone in Jesus name. I'm afraid because if it doesn't go, heresy Pray it. If it doesn't work, there's an answer. So how do you, how do you get his divine power and knowledge? By which has, next verse, verse four, in second Peter chapter one, verse four, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises, you may be partakers of his divine nature of the divine nature. That is your calling, to be a partaker of his divine nature. Amen. Having escaped the corruption of the world, corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse five, but also for this very reason, given, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Amen. See, Christians, the Christians I know, never add. I'm not saying, listen, I'm going to be as sweet as I can be. They're going to heaven the ones that have actually turned from their sin, but they just are holding on. This is, not, this is not a survival faith. It's a thrivival faith. That's my own word. It's for you to thrive, not survive. You're supposed to be adding to your faith. Look at, But also, wait till you hear the last verse of this, but also for this, you know what, I'm going to skip ahead to it. The last verse of this, well, not the last, second to last verse. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. That's what this is about. So you will stumble. This is why, this is why. And you're like, Tom, you bring this up. I'm just telling you, you have to preach to the world. What's happening around us. The reason why the international church is a joke, closed, locked down, masked, vaccinated, Pimping vaccines right now. Some of the biggest names in Christianity are pimping the clot jab. Seriously, pimping it. The reason why is they don't add to their faith. They're merely hearers and not doers. And when you do that, you are in danger of deception. Deception. They're deceived. Who who on earth would pimp this vaccine knowing the proliferation of vaccine passports around the globe? You see the mark of the beast unfolding before your very eyes and you're pimping the characterization of it. What are you doing? They stumbled. The church Stumbled. Because they don't add, listen, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. You know what diligence means? Work hard. You're not allowed to say that in the church. Don't care. We read Bible verses here. Not our church doctrine, not friendly church doctrine. We read Bible verses. I don't say anything like it takes the village here because that's heresy. I don't say things like if mom ain't happy, the whole house ain't happy. That's heresy. Don't be happy you don't want to be happy. Shove it. You think know, I'm gonna kowtow to a woman? Because well she's grumpy. Oh I'm gonna Shh, my mom's not happy today. I don't care. I'll purposely take a nap and snore louder. I'll position myself so that my head goes forward and I snore louder. (laughs) It's not about being a male chauvinist pig. It's about, you know what, reading the word of God. Not cowering to my wife. Mom ain't happy, you know, the whole talk to the boss. (laughs) Bowl that all up and you know what to do with it all. That's this how the church crumbles though. When you got a bunch of men scared of women, that's why all it takes is a 99.9% survival virus and they're gone. I'm not talking about treating your wife like garbage. If you do that, you're a piece of garbage. You're not obedient either. You ever read the book of Ephesians chapter five starting in verse 21, guys? The first verse starting in verse 21, before wives submit to your husbands, that's the Lord. That's verse 22. Verse 21 is submit to one another. It just comes down when there's an impasse. If there's an impasse in the Lipley House, it all goes to the funnel. That comes to me. My wife's the president of the Lipley Family, but I'm the CEO. Most, most things never get to my level. I don't know who, what eats, who, what, who's eating anything. I have no idea what we buy. I have no idea about anything. But when the alarm goes off in the middle of the night, I spring up. I go at my right leg, whoop, off the bed, left, right, go to my, my uh, dresser, pull out my nine millimeter. It's me who goes out and checks the house. That's my job. I go out and mow the yard. I lift the heavy things. She does all the other stuff. Fine. I have no idea. Most of the time, nobody talks to me like about stuff. (laughs) Tommy does. The girls tend to avoid me. I'm like the last resort that normal will go to. We have a great time together. We're like friends, but she didn't talk to me about like intimate details. So I get, so I have no idea sometimes what's going on. Like I'm like, who's that person? Well, that's the guy. What guy? I have no idea. Why is this not run by me? But that's why, listen, that is why there's, listen, there's no non castrated males inside the church. Everybody's been neutered. They're either scared of their wives or scared of their kids. I've never spent one day ever scared of either one. So, all it took the devil to do was, you know what, here's a 99.9% survival virus. Mask up, shut up, lock up. Yes, sir. You, you, You kowtow to a two year old, you kowtow to a 31 year old woman who's 120 pounds soaking wet with rocks in her pocket. Who knows what Fauci can get you to do? He'll he'll have you playing pickup sticks with your butt cheeks. Oh, that's how you prevent COVID. Because it all started with the day you started kowtowing to a woman. It's not that, listen, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't think of men higher than women or women higher than men. You just have your lane. Trust me, there's lanes. If you don't know that, you've never worked a police call in your life. There you go. There's a cop in the back. (laughs) I can tell you flat out. There's times when you better have a male lion going into that fight. You're like, oh, that's that's chauvinism. I don't care what you think. I've been there. You? You? I can remember one time on a police call. I went down there and I I was irritated because I'd just gotten my two foot long subs turkey bacon subs dose mm-hmm. you think that would fill me up Now the half pound bag of M&M's comes about 3 o'clock in the morning that's why I look the way I look that's mm. well, called a domestic violence call right here in Inglewood, went down there and the female deputy is in there and there's this little girl, just tossing her around the room, she had the girl, she had this woman by the arm, and this woman was just whoosh. Female Debbie, is almost like in the air where you pull your kids around. And I walked in there, I was already irritated. And I'm like, so I walked up, grabbed that woman by the back of her neck and just went on the table with one arm. Give me your hands. That was that. Sometimes there's got to be a male lion. It's not, listen, you know what? There's also times where it only can be a woman. But not there. Well, everybody's the same now, heresy and lies. There's things that women can do that men can't do. My wife can multitask. I do not multitask. Don't ask me to do it, I'm not doing it. I do one thing at a time. You're like, why does he always jump people's cases because they've got a clicking over here or clicking over there because it drives me nuts. I'm preaching. There's no clicking. No clicking, no lip smacking, nothing. I'm preaching. If that means you can't attend the church, I will gladly have you not attend. I'm preaching. You ask the people that work with me. It's dead silent. Everybody knows prior to the podcast, you open your wrappers before then. You do not open your wrappers during the podcast. You'll throw me off. Seriously, I have to stare at a camera for an hour and a half. There's nothing for me to even see back. I'm staring at that camera, screaming at it for an hour and a half straight. <laughs> if someone starts opening up a wrapper, it throw, literally throws me off. I'm like, what was I just talking about? Where am I at? My wife? Just multitask. We were, we were on the phone with our realtor who's searching for buildings for us for this church. And she's on, he, she's on, we're also looking to buy a house in Tennessee or West Virginia or wherever we can get something finally. I'm not moving. I just want to be there for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm tired of no CM Christmas in Florida. Not there putting up my Christmas decorations with sweat pouring down and getting eaten alive. I'm tired of it. So, one, two, time, two weeks a year, I want to be in cold weather. But we were, my wife was looking at houses and talking to the realtor about other church and buildings, all doing it at the same time. I was frustrated with her, but she was fine. She was carrying on both conversations. I'm like, how do you even do that? No comprendo. I have no idea how you pull that off. I'm like, hang up one, do the other. That's how I work. You can't talk now. That's it. But that's how the church caved. You start, you start walking away from the word of God. That's what happens. We're supposed to add to our faith. 2 Peter chapter 1. Yeah, eventually we'll get back there. Verse 5. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self control. To self control, perseverance. Let me ask you this. You know what? People, people will, amen, self control, or amen, some of these other things, but you never control your mouth. You gossip. Understand that, look at me now, understand that according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 5, Revelation chapter 21, you gossip, you're going straight to hell. Well, you know, I got to get in that little juicy tidbit about the worship leader or about the pastor himself. You know, it's just, you know, we're just talking, we're working things out. No, you're a filthy gossip. God's coming for your judgment now. So you, you, have to, you actually have to do these things. You know what? I always want the gossip. Everybody does. You know what you do? No. I'm, one, I'm a thinking person to the extreme where I'm having to hardcore ignore. So what I do, when those thoughts come in, I go, no. That's what you do. I'm about to say something. No. But it's so important that you get, Why? who's, who's getting saved by your gossip? You, you show that Tom or Aaron's a jerk. Tell me what that does. Go ahead. Tell me what it does. You know what it does? Separates close friends. It's separating you from the very person you're gossiping with. What'd you accomplish? Nothing. Nothing but making yourself hell bound. And maybe the person you're talking to too, unless you repent. To knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, flourish, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you become barren and unfruitful? Lack of knowledge and by not taking the action of adding this is why Christians, and you've heard me preach this before, Christians will come up and they say, you know what? I just have a new revelation of grace. Yes, you have to put that in there. A new revelation of grace, that male or female, that's how they say it. <laughs> what that means is they're no longer going to confront people about their sin. You know what? You know what? I just, I want to operate in grace, you know, and... People will, God will convict them. And I'm just going to speak in a nice, prayerful, monotone voice. And I'm not going to ever say anything because I want to show them how much they're loved. It's not the Bible. You may, that may sound like virtue to you, but it's hellbound. It's absolutely demonic. To think that you're to avoid truth in the name of love. What do you say? when? So, I'm not saying, again, you've heard me say this a million times too. I've, I've told you, I have gay neighbors, two men living together, very nice men. I don't talk to them about their homosexuality. You know why? They don't ask. They already know who I am. They already know where I stand. I'm all, it's all known throughout the neighborhood who I am. They don't ask. I walk around with Trump hats on. They all know where I'm at. They don't ask. I don't say anything to them. But if they do, what are you? Oh, you know what? I just want you to know that you're loved, and you know what? You're welcome at the church, and you know we just want you to feel accommodated and and secure and safe in a safe place. I'll tell them you can come to church. It ain't safe. You're physically safe, but your feelings are not safe here. Whether you're a hetero or homosexual sinner, you're not going to feel good here unless you repent, I've committed sexual sin, been guilty, I'm not looking down on it, I'm not disgusted by, this may bother you, I'm not disgusted by homosexuals, I'm not, you might, oh that's gross, okay, yeah, well, all right, fine, you think, uh, what does it say in the word of God, but you are, the, the only sin that is against your own body is sexual sin, it doesn't say homosexual sin, So it's equally perverse in the eyes of God. It's equally perverse on the day of judgment. That's how I look at it. Sin is sin. I've had lots of people in the back seat of a patrol car in my life. The most wretched sinners you could ever see in your life. I didn't look down on them at all. I know you probably think they might have driven me crazy. I may have not been happy with them. But I didn't look down on their sin. But I'll tell them the truth about their sin. When these other people, these new revelations of grace, will you say nothing? If the door opens, I speak to it. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Philemon 1.6. If the door opens, I speak to it. If it doesn't, I don't kick it in. People sometimes want me to, I will not kick a door in. When I know that it's closed, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. When I know that It's closed. I don't, I don't go. No one can come to the Father unless he's drawn anyway. But you have to add. You have to add, add, add all the time. Knowledge comes by action. And what's happened with people, let me read this verse again. For if these things are yours, verse 8, 2 Peter Peter 1, verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will, need, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful. The only way for you to become barren is not to add. If your walk with God is ostensibly the same as it was a week ago, you're off track. He's a consuming fire. If you're not being consumed, what gospel are you following? Knowledge comes by action. You will, there will always be something presented to you that will keep you out of the Word of God. You will, there, you will choose to mow the yard instead. Because mowing the yard is actually more carnally satisfying than the Bible. Because the Bible is all spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit. Like, oh man, you know how those dishes need to get done? You would never... If it was dishes or any other fun activity, you would postpone the dishes. But people will avoid the word, Christians will avoid the word of God because it's, there's no carnality involved in it. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Who is that written to? First Corinthians chapter 2, that's written to Christians. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolish to them, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Knowledge comes by action. Verse 9. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves even to blindness. God tells you for years, look up at me now, we got 13 minutes to go. I promise you, you'll be out of these doors in 13 minutes. I'm starving, so there's no way we're going to no any longer. <laughs> I got four Reese's peanut butter cups sitting right back there waiting for me right now. word of God or Reese's. It's it's a tug of war. I'm just kidding. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. That's blind. You have to put into place. Most of you have a do that's been sitting in front of you for years. Do it and you don't. You don't do it. Don't come up to me and say, yeah, you know what the do was, Tom, is that God spoke to me and I'm to to preach next Sunday. Yeah, caboose. (laughs) That's what most, no, you know what, your do is something way simpler and way smaller. Out of Matthew 25, 21, being faithful over a few things, I'll make thee ruler over many things. Most of you never cross into the few things. Tom, you keep saying most of you. That's right. I could say most of us. It applies to me just as much as it applies to at least some of you. But you've had to do in front of your, right in front of your eyes for years. You know what to do. Some of it has just been, you know what, be nice to your wife. And you're looking for preaching engagements and you're not even nice to your wife. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? You're looking for preaching engagements and violating 1 Timothy chapter 3, 4, and 5? Forget it. Only an idiot would put you in the pulpit. You know it. You're just not doing it. You want to do everything else but that. I want to lead a Bible study. I want to attend a Bible study. I want to go to a Christian conference. I want blah, 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 blah. God told you to be nice to your wife. Your steps are ordered. There's step one. You're going nowhere. You're not going to step two. God will very, very carefully corral you off, make you totally innocuous to the rest of the body of Christ until you take that step. Any step that's ordered, you're not probably going to like it. There might be a reason why she's hard to be nice to. I don't know. Most of the time though, what I've seen is the guy's just a freaking jerk. Yeah, I say freaking. That's not a substitute for the F word. There's two different words. There's freak, like freak show. Freak. You're like, Tom, why do you say things like that? Because some goofball is going to come up to me at the door today. Well, we just didn't really appreciate the profanity. What profanity? I said the word freak. I used to say it all the time in law enforcement. Well, that guy's a freak. What else what am I supposed to say? But you can forget about it. Your steps are ordered. Psalm 37, 23. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And it, though he stumble, he will not be utterly cast down for the Lord uphold him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging bread. Psalm 37, 23 through 25. But unless you take step one, stop being so arrogant and trying to do step five. You won't get, you won't make it here. So stop trying. Stop going to Heather. Stop going to Hope, avoiding me, trying to get into ministry. It's not going to happen. God will not open the door for you. In violation of his word. That's why you have to go to these, basically these churches of apostasy. So desperate for attenders that they'll let you do anything. You're like, Tom, what are you talking about? I've been in the church a long time. I see these people come in the door. (sighs) Smell them. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Sorry, Calvinists. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How specifically do you add, like 2 Peter 1, through 3-11 tells you, how do you do it? That's what we're going to spend the last eight minutes on. How do you specifically do these things? Via addition and subtraction. And that's on a continual basis at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Did everybody hear it? How do you add? All that, all that 2 Peter 1, through 3-11 is speaking about is adding. How do you do it? I don't want to leave you here by giving you some sort of vague example. I want to tell you how you do it. I'm going to give you a couple examples. You add and you subtract. You should be adding the do's and the don'ts. You should be adding and subtracting to your life on a daily basis in accordance to the direction of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you. He does that to me all the time. I struggle with saying things I shouldn't. I struggle with that. I struggle giving advice when it's not asked for. I struggle commenting when nobody's looking for my commentary. So this first one is just as much for me as it is for anybody in this room. The first action, I'm going to give you a list of actions this week and next. Here's number one. There's no order. Cease. That's an action that many need to take. Here's an example. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 27. Cease, my son, to hear instruction that causeth to err from the word of knowledge. If you're hearing garbage preaching, you know what you're supposed to do? Cease. Add and subtract continually at the behest of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's what I'm telling you. God always tells me right before I'm about to shoot my mouth off. No. It's like how I talk to my dog. Seriously, I'm not, bel- I'm not belittling me. But seriously, what I do with my dog. He's about to eat that crushed, nasty frog that's been on the ground for seven weeks. <laughs> he eats them like potato chips. I'm not kidding you. Scoops them right up. And I see him going for it. Nope. He's only five months, so he only listens about 40% of the time. But I, see the, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm about to shoot my mouth off. He goes, nope. Now you decide, are you going to do it or not? Are you going to add? Or are you not going to add? Are you going to add? Because you add via subtraction, too. You subtract via, via via adding, continually at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Eventually, what happens is when you get into the practice of hearing his voice, when his voice trumps your carnal voice I've got to say it. It's got to be done. I've got to get that juicy tidbit out. I'm offended right now. I've got to say something. I don't agree. Here's the greatest. One. I don't really agree with the direction that they're going right now. Shut up. Shut your stupid pie hole. Put something else in there. That's how Christians justify their filthy hellbound gossip. Well, you know, you know, I just don't really agree with the, you know, the direction of the church right now. It's a really come talk to me. Why are you talking to somebody else? Make an appointment. She's right there in the back. Pretty lady with the gold. Oh, there's two pretty ladies, kind of with gold on back there. The one on my right, your left. Make an appointment. You want to talk to me about the direction of the church? You come talk to me. You better have you better have Bible verses ready. I do. Psalm chapter one, verse verses one through three. Five minutes to go. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth He meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know how you do that? You don't sit in the seat of the scornful. You don't sit there and listen to nasty, hell-bound, alleged Christians. Now I rip, I'm closing with this. Worship team, make your way. Don't start playing the right away, Aaron. I'll tell you when. But just so everyone gets up there. Because this is going to be fiery and I don't want subdued music. (laughs) I don't have to fight against the music. (laughs) I rip false prophets. I'm closing right here. But what about those who listen to them? It's my job to protect you from false prophets. I protect this pulpit. There's been two other preachers. I well, no, not There's been a couple more than that because I've had you know, worship leaders sub in for me and stuff. But outside of this church, two other preachers that have ever come here, Rodney Howard Brown being one of them, I protect this pulpit like I should. And the other pastor that came, I love him too, but I had to put some parameters around him and he was very good and listened to him. So we had some disagreements, but overall, good man of God. So I'm very careful about it. You know why? Because I'm not gonna subject you to error. Cease my son. Cease my son to sit under somebody who's speaking error. But what about those who do listen? What about those who are sitting in churches right now where the pastors have implemented a vaxxed and no vaxxed section? That's all over the country, just so you know. Not in Florida. Because our governor has a brain. there are even in Florida. Because there's plenty of... I told you this before. When Pastor Rodney got arrested. There's a, a guy named Pastor Anthony. From a church in Largo. A church of... At the time. A couple thousand people. Tried to, to reverse the whole Ron DeSantis executive order. Ron DeSantis in response to Rodney Howard Brown's arrest. Said, you know what? We're going to make churches essential. And they had pastors organizing by the hundreds. I'll start with dozens and it could have been by the hundreds trying to reverse that decision. Evangelicals, born again people, not the Presbyterian guy, not the Catholic priests, evangelicals putting together a petition to write a reverse, the executive order to present to the governor, please deem churches non-essential because we want to be in community with our community. Oh, really? I thought you were supposed to come out from from among them and be separate. Funny. That's the Bible. And then that's your heresy in the name of love. So I rip false prophets. But what about those who listen to them? Listen to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. I'm closing right here. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. Didn't say a wicked person listens to a wicked person. It says that you are wicked. If you're sitting in a church... That you know is lukewarm. You're like Tom. We're not there. We're with you today. Though well, there's people in here probably are struggling. It's hard to hold on here because I'm putting the onus completely and totally on you. I'm not going to come to you and offer you this and offer you that. And hey, can we go do this? And hey, what can we do for you? Can I bootlick you even more than you've already been bootlicked your whole life? No. I'm going to make you depend on God, or you just go elsewhere. If you, want, if you want an open door, what do you do? Lord, I ask you for an open door. Pray specifically. But a wicked person listens to deceitful lips. You're wicked if you're choosing to sit under a church that preaches you nothing. At the movies, that's the big art church thing in October. At the movies, they bring in a bunch of secular movies and somehow pull some sort of biblical requisite out of it. When you have the proliferation of vaccine passports and you're not gonna preach Revelation 13? You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel in giant swaths of the globe and you're gonna do a message series on At The Movies? At The Movies? (laughs) 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 It's when you run out of oxygen, you gotta go up high. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're a wicked person listen to that garbage what should you be doing targeted prayer targeted fasting targeted giving to overthrow the principalities and the powers of the air over target them i want joe biden out of office i want anthony fauci I want listen listen I want Anthony Fauci on criminal trial. I want Peter Daszak criminal trial. The Wuhan Institute of Virology shut down. Anthony Fauci still sending them money. I want this all exposed in Jesus name. That's what See here's the thing. They should be scared of us. They should be scared of us and they're not. Because everybody except for us and a few other churches are compliant. The Greg Locke's of the world, God bless them. Rodney Howard Brown's of the world, God bless them. Arthur Pulaski's of the world, God bless them. But everybody, all, and I'm talking about all of us, we're few and far between Amen. for now. Yeah. Yeah. But again, here's the thing. Closing right here. We're turning this thing around. Yeah. Stand with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are This many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it lord jesus i ask you right now to come into my life and be my lord and be my savior i ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and i now turn from them and i give you my life from this day on in jesus mighty name amen if you said that prayer you are saved